Hey, it's Haley from the future here. I wanted to pop in really fast and let you know that this is a very old episode of mine. So please keep that in mind whenever you are listening. Please go ahead and check out some of my newer episodes because I have a ton of equipment now and I have editing software now and everything has improved quite a lot since the time of recording this episode. I have found that a lot of my negative reviews come from my older episodes, so please just keep that in mind. I am aware of the problems in these episodes, and I truly was doing the best I can. I was just recording on my iPhone, and I was editing from my phone as well, and it just really was not a great process for creating a super high-quality and produced podcast. So thank you so much for the grace that you're going to give me. I hope you enjoyed this episode and please go ahead and listen to some of my newer episodes as well. everyone. Welcome back to the Doe Identify podcast. I am so excited you are here today and I am so excited to be recording today. I am just so ready to kind of like take my mind off of the tasks that are stressing me out and bring some light to this week's case. And speaking of this week's case, I am going to be covering the Kern County Jane Doe. So last week I covered the Ventura County Jane Doe and these two Jane Doe's are connected through their killer. And last week I had an issue pronouncing his name, but it really doesn't matter, but it's Will Wilson Chowest. Um he does not matter. He's a gross human being and so his name really just like I couldn't really care less about how to pronounce it. But so these two women are connected that way and Somehow, we still don't know either of their names. We don't know if they were possibly connected or if they were friends or something. We just don't know. All we know is that he said he didn't know either of them and he just decided to kill them because he's a horrible human being. And so I want to go ahead and cover the Kern County Jane Doe's case this week because I covered the Ventura County Jane Doe's case last week, and I highly recommend listening to her case. I do think her case is one of the cases that we will see get solved soon. I think just the right person needs to look at all of the last names that my friend Lauren helped me pronounce last week, and big shout out to Lauren again. Thank you so much, Lauren. I appreciate you so much, Um, but I think that when the right person hears those last names they will be able to identify her i am so excited about the future of that case and this case has also been taken over by the dna doe project again i love them over there they do such a fantastic job i obviously love their cause my podcast is essentially one big promotion for them but i promise it's an unpaid promotion i just love them so much over there and i highly recommend them and if you're interested in helping them they do they are a nonprofit, and so you could either donate your own resources to them or you could also ask people to donate in your name for your birthday or something i'm sure facebook has one of those little donation things for your birthday set up through them um hopefully you all know what i mean i have no no better way to describe that 
So if you want to help the DNA Doe Project work these two cases and all of the other cases that they're working, I'm honestly not sure how many cases they work, but I feel like they're taking on a new case every single week because I have them on Facebook. They just do great work over there and I highly recommend helping them out if you have a charitable heart. But now let's go ahead and get into the Kern County Jane Doe's case. And the Kern County Jane Doe's case is actually more gruesome than the Ventura County Jane Doe's case, which is just horrible. Um, this man was just so disgusting and I can't even fathom that he just took these two women and then he also took their names with them. And so it is just a really sad case and I really want to get both of their names back. And so if you all could share either this podcast episode or even go on to the DNA Doe Project's website and just share that link. Either way, it's totally up to you. I don't really mind as long as we just get their faces spread around. But to get into her story, her body was located on July 15th, 1980 in Delano, which is in Kern County, California, hence her name. And her body was found in an almond orchard. And tire tracks were at the scene. And so they were able to conclude that she was killed somewhere else. Um, and that is something that Lauren and I discussed in last week's podcast episode. That perhaps they were connected. And so maybe the Ventura County Jane Doe was killed around where the Kern County Jane Doe was killed and now that I know that they both were transported to a different location I can't help but wonder if they were killed in the same spot and maybe knew each other and he abducted them both something like that but also Kern County and Ventura County are very close to each other and so I think there's a high probability that they were either killed near each other or knew each other or something like that happened but that is just me speculating and she was murdered approximately one day prior to July 15th, so probably around the late hours of July 13th and July 14th. So onto her identifying features, some interesting similarities with these two women actually come from their bodies, which sounds really odd. Um, but the Kern County Jane Doe also had given birth at least once, as did the Ventura County Jane Doe, and the Ventura County Jane Doe was actually pregnant as I mentioned last week, but I just thought it was very interesting that they both had given birth at least once. And then this is also very strange. They both had scars on their butt cheeks. Um, so the Kern County Jane Doe has one on her left and the Ventura County Jane Doe has one on her right. So I thought that was interesting. I'm sure that has nothing to do with anything since they were scars. And I'm sure this Wilson guy just picked them up or something and decided he was going to kill them on a whim. Um, I don't think it's his MO or anything. I just think it was really interesting that they had that similarity. It's kind of like a cruel twist of fate. And she also had a scar above and below her left knee. It seemed that it was kind of a linear scar um, vertically. And so the medical examiner said it may have been a surgical scar, which is another interesting thing because the Ventura County Jane Doe also had scars on her knee. But I do think that's fairly common. I have a scar on my knee too. You know, you just fall sometimes. I don't know. Is everyone else as clumsy as me? And the Kern County Jane Doe also had a Vitalian plate with screws with a three and a half inch rod into her left hip to stabilize her left femur fracture 
just below the head of her femur. So that is definitely very unique. That could be something that could help identify her. And she also had type O blood. And another unique thing about the Kern County Jane Doe is that all of her upper teeth were missing and she had no denture with her or anything or on her, but she did have her lower teeth. So I thought that was really interesting and I couldn't find that it had to do with how she was killed, but just looking at her autopsy image, it didn't look like she was beaten up so severely that she was going to lose all of her upper teeth and not her lower teeth. I think it just may have been a dental procedure. And onto her clothes, she had a pink blouse on, blue denim pants, which were a size 28. She had blue socks, white slip-on shoes, and her shoes were a size six. And then she also had a white panty girdle. And then she also had multicolored panties. And for her age, they say she was probably between 25 and 40. If you were to ask me just by looking at her autopsy picture, I would probably say she was definitely in her late 30s and possibly even 40s. I assume that there's some scientific way that they can tell someone's age, maybe just like by their organs or something. I'm not a doctor. I have no idea how any of that works. Um, but if you were to ask me, I would think she looked like she was in her 40s just by her autopsy picture. And so that's something to keep in mind. I'm definitely not an expert though. And her weight was about 115 pounds. But again, keep in mind that she did have a baby um, at least once before. And so it is possible that at the point you knew her, she was pregnant. And she also has some very unique tattoos. And just with all of this uniqueness about her case, I'm absolutely shocked she has not been identified. It's actually kind of astonishing to me because I just don't know how people haven't heard about her case and have identified her by now. It's just crazy to me. So she had two tattoos, one on each arm. One says, love you, and then it's a heart, and inside of the heart is kind of a ribbon that says, Shirley, and then underneath that heart, it says Seattle, and it has some kind of like a line through the Seattle, kind of like what they do with like calligraphy and make it all pretty. And then on the other side, it says mother, and then there's a rose. And then underneath that, it says, I love you. And so some sources say that the Shirley one says, I love you, but it just looks like love you in quotes. Um, and so that's something to keep in mind. There is that discrepancy, but I'm looking at the image as I'm describing it to you. And that is how it reads. Something that I do want to discuss a bit, some sources say she had a prosthetic leg, but on all of my normal sources, they don't say that. That's mostly on like web sleuths in Reddit is where I'm finding information about this prosthetic leg that she had. I'm looking at Namus right now and there's nothing about a prosthetic leg, but it does mention her scars and it does mention her tattoos. It's very detailed because Namus is a .gov website 
And so I kind of trust this more than the web sluice. I think this may have just been a rumor. It's just something to keep in mind that possibly she had a prosthetic leg, but I really can't confirm this with my go-to sources like the Doe Network and the DNA Doe Project or NamUs. I do want to say that her face is recognizable in her autopsy images, but as I always say, it's always pretty disturbing to look at an image of someone you know who is dead, but if you are considering if this is your loved one, I do recommend looking at it just to see. Something that a lot of sources don't really talk about is I think she had a really distinct nose just by looking at her autopsy image. And I don't know if it was broken. I don't know if this is how it was before she came in contact with the scum of the earth Wilson guy. But her nose does seem very unique. It has kind of like a bump. Um, and it just seems, you know, it's just not one of those noses that you see very often. And in the image that I chose for my episode art that was reconstructed by Carl Koppelman, Koppelman, I'm just horrible with last names, you guys, I'm sorry, um, but that does show her nose, but not to the full extent that it looks like in her autopsy image, and so I can, I kind of wonder if her nose was broken, but I'm not really seeing anything about her having a broken nose from the autopsy report. Um, and so it's just something to keep in mind. But I do have to say, Carl Koppelman did a fantastic job on his reconstruction. We've all seen images of Jane and John Doe's after they've been identified, and it's like, okay, that looks absolutely nothing like them. Um, but I think he did such a wonderful job and I just really appreciate how accurate it is. And so really there's no reason to look at her autopsy image unless you're just wanting to be 100% sure or gain some information about her physical traits. And so her DNA is currently being tested right now for connections and the DNA Doe Project did release an update about her. And so she's about 60% Native American. And if you didn't know this, Native American can be like in the United States of America, it can be in Canada, and it can be in Mexico, so North America. Um, and her DNA showed that she has some indigenous canadian first nations ancestry in her which is really cool but she was found in california and so that was really interesting to me i wonder what the population of canadian native americans are in california and her closest relative that she has been connected to through dna is in alberta canada and this was kind of confusing. I'm American, so I have no idea what this means, but it says her closest relative lived near Habima, and I guess that name has changed, and so now it's known as Maskwaskis, M-A-S-K-W-A-S-C-I-S. Again, I'm so sorry. I promise I don't try to be offensive when I pronounce things. I'm really doing my best. <laughs> So yeah, that's really interesting. And then she also has some ties to some Saskatchewan. 
I think I actually said that one correctly because I listened to a Canadian podcast earlier. Um, big shout out to the Sisters Coffee and Crime Girls. They're awesome. Um, but they mentioned that in one of their podcast episodes. And so I think that is how you say it. I could be wrong. Um, and then also Manitoba, Canada. And the only United States connection seems to be Montana which is interesting. And so that is where some of our ancestors reside. And so if you reside there, do keep that in mind that there is a Jane Doe with people in those areas. And so when they tested her DNA against the GEDmatch database, she connected with 5,837 family members. But you guys, and I hope you can sense a rant coming on if you have listened to any of my podcast episodes before, only 1,000 of those people have opted in for law enforcement to use their DNA to connect them with victims of crimes. And so that is just 18% of them. And so her matches are very distant relatives to her. And they're so distant that they wouldn't be able to make an identification. And so, for example, like her eighth cousin may have opted in, but they still can't identify her that way because how many people actually know their eighth cousin? It's just almost impossible. But there will be no rant here for me to tell you to opt in to GEDmatch because as of January 11, 2021, which was yesterday at the time of me recording, it should be two days ago if you listen to this on the day I published this podcast episode, but GEDmatch has changed their terms of service and so now everyone who uploads their DNA to GEDmatch will be compared to Jane Doe's and John Doe's and even criminals, which I am so excited about. I know some people are going to be like weird about it, but with my passion of identifying people, I am just so excited about this because in my opinion, if you're already giving a huge corporation your DNA, you can't be that concerned that the law enforcement tests a Jane Doe's DNA and then your name pops up. I'm sorry. That's just my opinion. Please don't come for me. Just understand my passions, please. But I am so excited. And so you guys, there's no more ranting that will come your way when you listen to my podcast episodes. I'm sure you all are so excited about that. But I will say if you have gotten your DNA tested, please upload it to GEDmatch now that the terms of service have changed. so excited to announce that Chewy has partnered with me to bring this week's podcast episode to you guys. And the reason I'm so excited is because I have personally been using Chewy to supply my dog Ranger with food for over three years, which is way longer than I even thought about having a podcast. And so I personally love Chewy here. And the reason I love it so much is because they have such a wide selection of products. They have products for just about any type of pet you could possibly have legally. And they have a great program called the Auto Ship Program. And with Chewy's Auto Ship Program, you can set up a schedule for your pet's food, treats, or whatever you want to give them every single month to come straight to your door without you even having to place the order yourself. And you can even pick the frequency it comes. So for example, we get it every three weeks because that is how long it takes for Ranger to go through his food. 
And because I love AutoShip so much, I wanted to give my listeners a chance to try it out themselves. And so when you use the link in my description, you can get 30% off your first AutoShip through Chewy. And I think you will see why I have been using AutoShip for my dog Ranger for over three years now. It's just the easiest thing. And now you get to try it for 30% off. I want to mention here as well, with her DNA under her fingernails and clothing, Wilson Chowest was um, linked to her murder and he also was linked to a Michelob beer, which was found near her body. And if you don't get chills from knowing that he drank a beer next to her dead body or threw a piece of beer out while he was throwing her body out whichever one it was oh my gosh i am just like repulsed by that like my stomach hurts even thinking about that that's just ugh, gross human being can't stand him it's ugh, just gross but anyways he says he didn't know the kern county jane doe or the ventura county jane doe um, which is really unfortunate, but we do have some theories about who the Kern County Jane Doe could be. And so a lot of people think she was picked up from a bar that is now closed called Ruby's. Um, and that is in Lemoore, California or Laymore. I'm not sure how you pronounce that, but I'm sure you know what I'm saying. And then a kind of similar theory, and I'm not sure if it's the same theory and my sources are just getting it wrong, but two women recognized the Kern County Jane Doe's tattoos and said that they recognized her from a bar at Delano, California, which is north of Bakersfield. And they said that they weren't sure of her name at first, but then they later told investigators when the investigators followed up with them that she went by Rebecca Ocha or Becky, um, which is odd. Um, I don't know why. I don't know. Whenever I hear witnesses like remember something so big as a name later on, I get a little bit like suspicious of it. But they also said that she served time in Kern County Jail and was a migrant worker for road camp facilities. So that's very specific information that they came forward with later. But the investigators looked up Rebecca Ocha in all of their databases and there were no fingerprint matches or anything like that to this Jane Doe. And the Doe Network has on their circumstances of discovery that she may have been employed at an apple orchard. They don't say why they believe that or anything. Um, and so that's kind of just all I have for you. That's just what the Doe Network says. And I really trust them. And they usually don't get into like conspiracy theories or anything. Um, so that's kind of a big deal that they mentioned that and they also did say that her name may have been Rebecca Ocha or Becky went by Becky in my research I came across a web sleuth forum and a user named Autumn Asksha but this user said that 
you know, there's really no reason why you would put Seattle in memory of your mom or, you know, to represent your mom. I know I wouldn't put a city next to my mom, whether it be like where she was born or where she lives now. I probably wouldn't have, wouldn't do that for um, a tattoo dedicated to my mom. You know, people do different things, but that is something to note. Like, why would you put Seattle if it was for your mom? It's just your mom. But maybe she went on like a trip with her her mom or something. Um, but yeah, so Shirley and Seattle though are part of the same tattoo if you remember. But that's why people are saying like her mom's name is probably not Shirley because of the Seattle portion of the tattoo. And the same user also found an obituary for a Shirley Ocha. Um, and she was a part of a military family and they moved all around the country is what her obituary said. And so it would kind of make sense if Seattle was like a special place for the family. Um, like maybe something big happened there. And so I just wanted to mention that. And then this same user also said perhaps it was an unofficial marriage because this did happen in 1980 um, to a woman named Shirley. And maybe they got married or, you know, they met in Seattle, something like that. But that is all speculation just from a web sleuth forum but i did want to include it here in the theories section because i think they are fairly likely theories and they're not too outlandish again the killer of both the kern county jane doe and the ventura county jane doe has been identified and he has been convicted for their murders as well as some other rapes it's just horrible and i didn't even mention how this horrible man killed the Kern County Jane Doe but she was stabbed 29 times and she was also sexually assaulted and so he is just disgusting. I'm really glad that he went away for as long as he did and just personally I wish he went away for killing the Ventura County Jane Doe's baby um, but I do understand that you know laws change um, but I just wish that he went away for all three of their deaths and he also went away for raping two other women. So he is a serial rapist and I know serial killers are three people and above and he killed two women and then the Ventura County Jane Doe's baby. And so in my mind, he is definitely just like a serial killer, serial, serial rapist. He's a horrible person. I, ugh so gross but yeah that's kind of everything that i have for today's case i hope this episode brought some information about the kern county jane doe to light it's really hard to find information about this jane doe through podcasts and youtube videos the only things i could really find were like five to ten minute videos and they were just like brief overviews of her um and so i hope that this provide some really good resources to people who prefer those platforms and i also do want to say and i really don't even know how i'm going to say this but these two women fought for their lives and because they did that they were able to identify their killer which is absolutely phenomenal um, although they might not have their names because they fought to scratch him they got his DNA under their fingernails. Um, and so I just applaud them for what they did to identify their killer. And so I just wanted to mention that I'm just, I don't know. I don't want to use the, like, the word proud of them because I wish this never happened. But, 
you know, good for them for fighting um, because if they hadn't, this man could still be taking away lives to this very day. So that about wraps it up. Next week, I'm going to be covering a John Doe case because I did two Jane Doe's in a row and I want to give the men some recognition as well. And I want to cover a John Doe. And so please stay tuned. Um, I always forget to, I've never once said this, but please subscribe at whatever platform you are currently listening on. And please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. And also if you have any feedback for me, like if I say something wrong or if I do something that you like or if I missed something, please go ahead and DM me. Instagram is probably the best place to reach me. I DM a bunch of you all day, every day, and I just absolutely love it. I love talking with you guys and it just makes me so happy. And you can reach me on Instagram at Doe Identify Podcast. And yeah, I can't wait to hear from you all and be sure to follow me there for case updates. I do ask my followers for um, some case suggestions. For example, I recently asked um, people for some case ideas from their countries because I know so far I have only covered United States cases, but this Jane Doe actually seemed to be from Canada. And so that's kind of different, but I still would just love to, you know, cover a case, you know, in the UK or Australia or even in like India or something. It would just be really cool to cover a case um, from overseas. So feel free to give me some case suggestions there. And before you go, don't forget that there is a 30% off discount waiting for you in my show notes down below. All you have to do is just copy and paste it and you will get that 30% off. And thank you so much again to Chewy for sponsoring this episode. Last thing, if you have any information about who the Kern County Jane Doe might be, please contact either the Kern County Coroner's Office and their contact person listed is Don Ratcliffe and the agency phone number is 661-868-0110. And you can also email Don Ratcliffe at Ratcliffe, which is R-A-T- L-I-F-F and then at kernsheriff.org and the case number for the Kern County Jane Doe is C586-80. And then you can also contact the Kern County Sheriff's Office and you can contact Detective Karen Smith at 661-391-7587 and you can email that Sheriff's Office at detective dash commander at kernsheriff.org. Thank you all so much for listening to this week's podcast episode and taking time to hear the Kern County Jane Doe's case.